planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey everybody, it's Los. Week 5 uh, just about finished. We've just got one more uh, game tonight, and we see Chicago's own, well I guess Ohio's own, Mitchell Trubisky getting his first start as a Chicago Bear. Uh, excited, Mung? It's a special, special night when a star is born. Doesn't, oh, happen, yeah. every, doesn't happen every week. No, only 30 times in the last 10 years for the Bears has a new quarterback star been uh, shined into the sky. We'll see when 31 happens. Well, hey, they just converted a first down on the first drive of the game. So, uh, you know, clearly MVP. He is 1,000, batting 1,000 on first downs. That's for sure. He is. He has been perfect thus far on the season. Hey, I like it. Uh, why don't, why don't uh, we put that nonsense aside and get into a little more nonsense, the uh, fantasy football for the past, uh, past week. Yeah. And, uh, it was a really great game last night too. And I, I had to go to that game, the Sunday night matchup for our Gillette close shave this week. And in a closely contested Sunday night matchup between the chiefs and the Texans, it was a battle of attrition as both teams suffered devastating injuries. The Texans' defense lost both J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless for the season to season-ending injuries in the first half, and the Chiefs' offense seemed unstoppable. However, Kansas City soon lost Travis Kelsey to a concussion and Chris Conley to a season-ending Achilles injury. With the Chiefs' offense stalling but up 32-20, to the Texans punted the ball with more than seven minutes left in the game to make up the deficit. However, Tyreek Hill slammed shut any hopes of a Texans comeback with an explosive 82-yard punt return for a touchdown. Get your close shave like Tyreek Hill with Gillette, the best a man can get. Same great blades, now for less. Pricing applies to select products and is at the sole discretion of the retailer. All true statements, all true statements. Those, those Chiefs, they look nasty, man. They, they really do. Yeah, and Alex Smith has been hashtag elite so far this season. There we go, uh, making Joe Flacco proud. Uh, Let's bring us into the uh, upcoming Thursday night football game. Philadelphia uh, travels to Carolina. Uh, Wentz and company made the Cardinals look like boys playing against men for the first three quarters of this game. 300 yards, four touchdowns for Wentz, and he enters the quarterback one conversation versus a worse defense this week. And all their uh, questions at running back. Elshon is a wide receiver, two. Um, though Torrey Smith and Aguilar sit just outside startable, uh, despite their big games here. I love Aguilar as a hold in Dynasty. He should grow alongside Wentz and become a productive duo as Torrey Smith ages, leaves the team, and Wentz continues to mature. Uh, Zach Ertz is a tight end one, of course. He added another six catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. If Wendell Smallwood's back, I think he's a good flex option for this week. If not, Blunt should see enough work either way to be a decent flex himself. He does get work in the passing game. He's not purely like Wendell or uh, purely like Mike Gillisley in that in that regard. Speaking of hashtag elite, Carson Wentz looked amazing against the tough uh, Arizona defense, but yeah. 
man yeah the eagles look good right now uh they should be if you're an eagles fan you're pretty happy uh, i think he's a fine low end qb1 again on a short week at carolina um to your point if smallwood can play he should be a flex and if he doesn't i actually think Legarrette blunt might get a bump up to rb2 status uh, there's a lot of guys on by and a lot of guys injured right now and there's just not a whole lot to pick from um, and then Alshon Jeffrey, can't really blame him for his down day, seeing Patrick Peterson. He's been shutting down everybody so far this season. And, uh, you know, I think Alshon should be a decent flex, maybe even a low-end wide receiver too. And, uh, of course, you're starting Zach Ertz. Uh, he's just getting all the targets in that offense. There we go. Uh, Cam Newton came out fast and strong, and I swear he must be a big fantasy football fan or something. Since being called droppable, he's been completely on fire. 365 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions on the day. Uh, Jonathan Stewart actually had 18 carries for just 21 yards, and they as they tried to chew the game clock in the middle of the game, being up 27-10 heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, the Lions ended up pulling within three points, and that is why you don't take your foot off the uh, accelerator against these world-class athletes. Uh, because of the lead, uh, McCaffrey was quiet on the ground, but did have five catches, 31 receiving yards, and a shovel pass touchdown. Uh, nice to see his creative usage continuing. Should expect that to expand. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin and Funches should continue to both be wide receiver three types this week versus Philadelphia and their high-powered offense. Yeah, Cam has gotten things going a, a bit the last couple weeks, and you know I'll, I'll be the first to admit I may have given up on him a bit too soon, especially now that Rivera seems to realize that you know, Cam needs to run a little bit to give this offense another dimension. Um, he'll be a low in QB one, two this week. Stewart looks worse and worse, and he's just a high end RB four right now against a very good Philadelphia defensive line. But McCaffrey should be a RB two. He's uh, been quite good. Uh, hasn't done a whole lot on the ground, but his PPR is keeping him alive. And uh, you know, he got a touchdown in the last game and could see another. Benjamin, I actually like as a low end wide receiver too this week against a, a pretty pretty poor Philadelphia uh, secondary. If uh, that if that defensive line can't get to Cam fast enough, uh, Kelvin Benjamin could see quite a few deep targets this week. Um, and I think Ed Dixon, uh, we should at least bring up. You know, he he looked interesting. I think last week was definitely an outlier with that. Uh, almost 200 yard game but if he's going to start getting that kind of target volume that greg olson got before he got injured dixon might be worth a stash um if you need help at tight end he's worth a look especially in deeper leagues sure if he's uh if he's available after the waivers claim i'm not spending a high waiver on him or, or a lot of fab um if you have either of those things, don't spend a lot or don't burn a high waiver on him. But if he's still sitting there and you're hurting a tight end, give it a shot. But I, I, I'm not looking at a repeat week to week here. Yeah, definitely not that optimistic. Sure. Uh, I will take Philadelphia on the road. They look nasty. Birds of prey. I, I'm actually going to take Carolina. Um, they really shut down Carson Wentz, but Cam Newton is much more mobile. So if he can buy a little bit of time uh, outside the pocket, I, I think uh, the, the Panthers can take this game. All right. Uh, Miami at Atlanta. The Jay Cutler I've come to know and love has returned to form 92 yards, one touchdown and one interception. You're avoiding him, of course. Uh, Devontae Parker unfortunately went down with an ankle injury this game. If he's healthy, he'll get plenty of opportunities to put up wide receiver two numbers. Keep an eye on that. Always, always unfortunate to see a new rising star get injured. Anybody injured, really, for that matter. Uh, Jarvis Landry, five catches on 10 targets, 44 yards and a touchdown. Still a PPR wide receiver two, three type. Uh, 
Uh, Jay Ajayi went 25 carries for 77 yards, which is a decent day on that offense against the solid run defense. Uh, He's still a low-end running back, too, for me until this offense can show some progress back towards how they played week one. Um, I'm not, I'm not uh, thinking they're going to get back to that, but if they can, Ajayi should be better off for it. No, I don't think you can trust Ajayi as more than just a flex play right now. I'm hoping you have better options, especially facing a, a fresh Falcons defense coming off of a bye week, and especially in a game, too, where I expect Miami to really trail most of the way. Um, we'll have to check on Devontae Parker's ankle injury as well. It sounds minor and sounds like he's going to play this week, but... Um, definitely stay posted on that. And I, I think he'll be a flex play along with Jarvis Landry. I just don't think you can really trust anybody to be more consistent right now on the Miami offense unless they really start to turn things around. And that starts with Jay Culler. Absolutely. For the Atlanta side of the football, hopefully this whole offense comes in healthy after the bye. I have to monitor Julio Jones. Uh, Miami's D has shown really bright spots, but the Atlanta offense is just too much for them to handle. Start everyone you intended in your draft. Ryan Jones, uh, Freeman. Yeah, I would keep an eye on Julio Jones. Um, he is still you know, recovering from that hip flexor strain. Uh, it, it sounds like he's going to play, but just uh, again, keep your ears peeled. Um, and then Mohamed Sanu, it sounds like his hamstring issue is going to keep him out this week. So Taylor Gabriel does get a little bit of bump up, maybe a desperation flex or a, uh, an upside wide receiver four kind of play. Um, I don't think I would necessarily trust him, but I think uh, both he and Justin Hardy in DFS leagues may be worth a shot if their uh, salary isn't too high. And then same with Austin Hooper. I think he gets a minor bump up to a high end tight end two this week, um, but I still wouldn't expect consistent production. Uh, I do like the Atlanta defense as well as a nice play this week. Uh, Well-rested and with an extra week to prep against Jay Cutler. I think you may be onto something there with Taylor Gabriel with uh, Sanu's injury and the way Miami, Dominican Sue, they play against running backs quite well. Um, Give me another set of birds of prey, Atlanta at home. Yep, give me Atlanta as well. All right. Green Bay at Minnesota, uh, NFC North championship, probably battle preview uh, with both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams healthy and active this week. Jones really had a great day and dominated the timeshare. Williams only got one carry. Uh, Aaron Jones is a must own for Ty Montgomery owners here. If he's still available, he probably is not in your league. He, he really played well. He played so well, he probably forced him away into some regular touches. Uh, might have a little flex appeal standalone right there. If Ty's back this week, I'd probably avoid him. Uh, I'd probably avoid Aaron Jones versus Minnesota just because we we have unknown usage thus far and a stout Minnesota defense. Um, you're starting your other Green Bay regulars with the understanding that you should decrease expectations versus Minnesota. Uh, monitor Jordy's injury. Uh, he's he's on record saying that he's going to be fine and playing already this week, but you never know. Yeah, he suffered a hamstring uh, pull or something late uh, in the game against Dallas. Was out that final drive. Um, but yeah, supposedly it sounds like he'll be good. Um, he might see a lot of shadow coverage from Xavier Rhodes, uh, certainly would, um, you know, limit expectations for him, but I don't think you can bench Jordy Nelson with the chemistry he's got with Rogers and and certainly you're not benching Aaron Rodgers either. Um, and, and we're still waiting to hear how, um, Ty Montgomery's ribs are going to feel if he is back. Uh, he's probably an RB too, just because, of the PPR volume he's still going to see, even with Aaron Jones showing well, I think this is still Ty Montgomery's job for now. And, uh, you know, if he is out, then obviously uh, Aaron Jones worth a start. Uh, we saw what he did against Dallas, but uh, we'll, we'll talk more about Aaron Jones in the waiver section, but I actually think he's going to be a little bit of uh, of 
a non-priority pickup this week uh, unless you want him as a handcuff for future weeks. Uh, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, certainly, Devontae Adams is a nice wide receiver, too. Um, he should see a lot of volume with Jordy, again, seeing tough coverage from Rhodes. And then I do like Randall Cobb as well as a flex play this week. Uh, yet to figure Minnesota is going to put pressure on Rodgers uh, and those outside receivers. And Cobb's always been great at coming back uh, to his quarterback when Rodgers is in trouble for those safety blanket type of catches. Um, same goes for Martellus Bennett, made a great catch against Dallas, but still seeing inconsistent targets, uh, just a high upside tight end too right now. As for the Vikings tonight, we'll really get to see how well this offense can sustain without Delvin Cook and with Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon at the helm. Uh, the Bears just stopped him for a uh, three and out, forced a punt, first drive of the game, so maybe that's an indicator. Maybe it's nothing. Uh, Bradford is back for this game. Uh, nothing about this Green Bay matchup worries me for Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs. They'll be just fine. Uh, pay attention this game, too, if Rudolph gets more short, yard, short yardage work if this run game is ineffective without Dalvin Cook. I suspect it may be. Yeah, this Minnesota offense may need a, a couple drives for Sam Bradford to really you know, feel the rhythm again. Um, but certainly against Green Bay next week, I would start Diggs. Uh, Thielen should be a decent flex as well. And uh, we'll see what kind of split we get tonight with Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. But um, assuming that they have trouble running the ball against uh, Mike Daniels and that Green Bay defensive line, uh, McKinnon might be the better play, uh, a flex play in PPR. But they're both uh, both running backs, I would say, are low end flexes. Absolutely. Uh, we've seen two weeks in a row how Aaron Rodgers can sustain drives, come back late in games, and do exactly what he does best. Um, I expect him not to have to do that and to handle Minnesota pretty well. Yeah, I think this is one of those divisional games where I think it's going to be closer than we expect. Um, I actually think there's a fair chance uh, that Minnesota could win this game, maybe like a 60-40 shot, uh, that uh, 40% being Minnesota, of course, but I will still take Green Bay. I hope you're right. All right, Detroit at New Orleans. Detroit's offense put together some solid drives to end the last game against Carolina, and obviously nothing about New Orleans' defense scares you. Um, Stafford's a decent option for a quarterback stream here. High-end quarterback, two this week at New Orleans, despite uh, the seemingly lack of touchdown production. Uh, Darren Fells stole two more touchdowns from your otherwise owned receivers, which is great for him, bad for you. I still like Golden Tate as a PPR wide receiver, too. Um, only five catches on eight targets for uh, 40, uh, 48 yards this week. But I looked, uh, I looked for him to return to form pretty, pretty well pretty soon. Uh, Marvin Jones could be a sneaky good flex option here in what should be another high-scoring game where I expected Detroit to have to uh, play some catch-up here. For that reason, I again like Theoretic in the flex. Four catches for 45 yards versus Carolina. Uh, Amir Abdullah is looking decent so far this year, but versus Carolina, only 10 carries, 31 yards, one target for three yards, and that defensive line was all over him. Uh, Zach Zenner vultured a goal line touchdown. If he's not getting goal line work and Reddick's getting uh, goes in when they're down, I can't have him higher than an RB three or, or very low flex option. I, I, I avoided Amir Abdullah going in the season and he's not shown me a ton thus far to change my opinion. Yeah, he was on my uh, avoid list or overvalued list too in that preseason show. Uh, I think Abdullah's just a flex play right now, um, as I've been saying for pretty much the whole season. And really, I think um, if Kenny Galladay is healthy enough to play this week, uh, I like him more than Marvin Jones. I think he's more of that uh, if they're in catch-up mode, uh, you know, take a few bombs, uh, take a few shots deep from Matthew Stafford type of play. 
Um, I, I do think Golden Tate will bounce back a little bit. Uh, he should be a decent high-end flex player, wide receiver three. And uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, interesting to note, he did have a quad and ankle injury in that game. Uh, looked a little limited. And uh, I think that is something to take into consideration. Might not be able to scramble and get away from Cameron Jordan as well. Um, but I, I do still think he's a good high-end QB2 this week, maybe even a low-end QB1. Um, and then the other thing is Eric Ebron. <laughs> um, you know, he really shouldn't be on rosters at this point, but if you're desperate, there have been a lot of tight end injuries as of late. And uh, Ebron did get an end zone target last week, but the, the Carolina linebacker made a good play on the ball right before it got to him. So desperation tight end too, I guess. Oh, I wouldn't even. He's... He's so bad. He doesn't. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying he is still getting those end zone targets. So yeah, but then Darren Fells caught two of them. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Ebron is not a man you'll see anywhere near me. Anyways, as for New Orleans, uh, Sean Payton is a great coach. I'm sure the Saints learned a lot from the Panthers about how to play Darius Slay, Quinn, and the Detroit defense. For that reason, I'm really not concerned whatsoever about this matchup. Breeze and Thomas will be just fine. Now, Sneed comes back this week, which muddies the waters for himself. Brandon Coleman, Ted Ginn, and Kobe Flaner. I'd avoid them all until we can see exactly what the plan is here. I think Breeze likes Coleman in the red zone, so I'm not jumping on the Sneed train right off the bat. Uh, Ingram comes into this game as a running back two for me. Adrian Peterson should be dropped from your team if he hasn't been already. And Alvin Kamara has potential to uh, break a short pass into a big play or two. Uh, he, he definitely is a decent flex option um, if you're desperate, but... You know, not not high volume just yet. Maybe later in the season. Yeah, I think Ingram's worth a look as an RB two, and, and Kamara has flex value too in PPR with a lot of upside. Um, certainly, you're starting Michael Thomas, but I actually like Willie Sneed the best of uh, the rest of those receivers. There, I think he uh, the buy definitely came at a good time for him. He gets another week to heal uh, that hamstring, and then also to get a little bit more on the same page with Drew Brees after that suspension for the first few weeks. Um, I do think Sneed's worth a waiver wire ad if somehow he's still out there. You need help at wide receiver. Um, definitely a, a high-risk, high-reward flex play this week. Um, but also Kobe Fleener, I think he's a streaming tight end two option. Given the huge game that Detroit just gave up to Ed Dixon, uh, certainly at least, at least worth a shot. I think he's a mid-level tight end two this week. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I take New Orleans at home against the Lions. Yeah, I will take New Orleans as well. All right, New England versus the New York Jets of of New York of New Jersey. Uh, I'm not going to waste your time here. Start Brady. Gronk should be fully ready to play. Hogan Cooks. This should be a game where uh, Gillies Gillisley also gets about 20, maybe more carries, maybe 25 carries, and the goal line work if any exists. He's a solid flex this week for me. Uh, White is also a flex option though, instead of uh, the normal running back two for him. And the Pats should uh, win handily this game. That's it. Yeah, um, I, I mean, you're starting all your Patriots, but in terms of the running backs, uh, I do think that uh, White is still a pretty decent play just because the Jets, the, the strength of that defense is a good defensive line, so Gillisley may struggle a little bit. And if that happens, they may turn to a little bit more short passing with James White, um, get him those checkdowns in PPR, those little screens that they like to run. But I, I do like Gillisley as well. I do think... He'll punch in at least one short yardage touchdown, and that'll basically make your flex week. Um, but I think both of those guys are, are flex plays this week. I think you can still trust James White. Yeah, I guess I, I should clarify. I would, I, I hit. I, 
if you have to pick between the two for your flex, still pick James White. But if you have Gilsley on your team and you've been using somebody else instead and don't have White, you can feel confident to start with Gilsley this week. Yeah, and if one of your running backs aren't by, I do think Gillisley will punch in the score. There we go. As for the uh, New York Jets, uh, Bala Powell only had two carries this game and then uh, came out with a leg injury. If he's healthy, he'll be a high-volume, decent running back to play this week against New England's defense. If he isn't, I'd really look at Elijah McGuire. Uh, despite a poor day in Cleveland, the, the Pats' defense really is that bad. Um, Forte will probably be battling turf toe for another few weeks, um, so I, I like Elijah McGuire a lot here. Uh, Jermaine Curse added another touchdown, but only had four targets. He, he really is only a dice throw at this point, uh, despite the good defensive matchup. If you're looking at this team, i take Austin Sperian Jenkins as a flex option over all of their wide receivers, actually. Uh, of course, someone will probably have a 20-point game in the receiver core, maybe Robbie Anderson or something like that. Yeah, I really do think Austin Safarian Jenkins has kind of become that 1A, 1B target along with Curse. Uh, I actually started him in a couple leagues where Gronk was out, and uh, he came through, and, and really uh, he's become one of the preferred options for Josh McCown, especially in the red zone here. Um, Curse, as usual, he's that desperation wide receiver for really only reliable in, in deeper leagues. Um, and then to your point with Elijah McGuire, uh, if Bilal Powell, uh, who did leave that game against, um, oh, I'm blanking, who did they play last week? Um, who the, the Jets played Miami. Miami. Yeah. Um, so if, uh, you know, if Bilal Powell can't go with that calf injury, then Elijah McGuire would be the guy. Um, but he did really struggle to get anything going, even as a workhorse. Um, didn't they play Cleveland? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I was like, that doesn't sound right. Um, no, nope. yes. mixed up my bad teams. That's <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, so if Elijah McGuire does get that workhorse role, if Bilal Powell can't go with that calf injury, then he's worth at least a flex, um, you know, just because uh, he's getting all the opportunity. I agree there, of course. Um, no brainer. Pick the Patriots. Pats by 13 and a half. There we go. Uh, San Francisco at Washington. Uh, this week, reports were that San Francisco was open to extending Carlos Hyde. And right on cue, he came up with an apparent hip injury this game, limiting his usage to eight carries for 11 yards and one catch. And then today, coaching came out and said that his limited usage had nothing to do with uh, his hip injury, but it, his effectiveness and wanting to stick with uh, wanting to stick with the hot-handed Matt Breida. If Hyde's healthy, you'll be starting him. If he isn't, Matt Breida becomes a high volume but very unexciting option for me. He gets targeted on pass plays and will probably turn a low end running back two day versus what could be a high scoring Washington team. Uh, Josh Norman's injury frees the field up for Pierre Garçon, who should be a good start again this week. Uh, George Kittle slots in as a solid tight end streamer for me this week. He had some good targets both downfield and in the red zone, uh, converting seven for nine, 83 yards and a touchdown. Uh, a real tough nosed uh, into the end zone play to get the touchdown. Uh, I don't think we've talked about him before, but he's a solid blocker who had a nice career in Iowa. Uh, the coaches like him a lot. I've had him on my diet and see roster for a few weeks. I, I believe in him. Um, just not necessarily for this year. Well, the Washington defense is dealing with a lot of injuries right now. And, and like you mentioned, most notably with Josh Norman, uh, and if he's out, it certainly helps the San Francisco offense that struggled. Um, <laughs> With the running backs, Carlos Hyde couldn't get anything going, and Matt Brady was very involved, and Shanahan said that he's going to go with that hot hand approach, 
And if Hyde isn't getting the workhorse volume that he's used to, then he's downgraded to flex play. I don't think he's an RB2 this week. Um, Breda could quote-unquote win the starting job, but I don't think he really has the size to be a workhorse even if he did. Um, but he could have flex value if they roll with a committee approach between him and Hyde. Breda worth at least a look if he's on the waiver wire. I think he's a very interesting explosive back. I just don't know if he's ready to handle more than like 10, 15 carries a game. Um, or touches, I mean. But really, Marquise Goodwin had an insane week. But both he and Pierre Garçon uh, are still just flex plays with upside. Um, but that said, like I said, if if Josh Norman can't go, that secondary is hurt quite a bit. Um, and to your point too, George Kittle got more involved as well. And with Washington giving up a lot of plays to opposing tight ends, uh, you'll you'll remember Travis Kelsey had that huge week against them prior to this week. Um, you know, Kittle is a high end tight end too with upside this week, even though he's somewhat inconsistent as a rookie play. To your point, uh, Joe Williams has to be kicking himself this year. Perfect opportunity for him to uh, come into the league and maybe claim a starting role for himself. Uh, on the Washington side of the football, Washington's coming off uh, the bye, of course, uh, against the perfect warm-up defense for them to come back against. Uh, Kirk should be a good quarterback one play and hopefully can continue to build what he started last week with Terrell Pryor. Uh, Josh Doxson has also increased his in-game usage. Uh, they've had a long time to prepare. So I think snap counts and usage should be optimized for each of these guys. What we see is probably what we're going to get for the rest of the year, um, unless somebody has some sort of odd breakout performance. Uh, none are better than flex plays until we can see how they piece this entire puzzle together. Uh, Reed's a tight end one, of course, assuming his rib pain is controlled. Uh, the, the running back situation still scares me. Rob Kelly could be back at any point, may not be this uh, back this week. Chris Thompson was sort of exposed the week prior, um, showing just what uh, a non-dynamic player he can be. Yeah, well, Thompson really, uh, he, he had the, you know, the breakaway long touchdowns that were are really hard to repeat. We saw Taylor Gabriel break some of those uh, for Atlanta last year and, and really struggled so far this year. Um, but the one point I do want to make about Washington is that Terrell Pryor and Jameson Crowder might both be by lows right now. Um, just because, you know, it, it really takes a little while for the offense to get rhythm going for to develop chemistry with your quarterback. Um, and Terrell Pryor has had that bye week now. Maybe they got some things going. Um, he did get more involved the week before the bye. And even though they've looked disjointed on offense thus far, uh, hopefully that helped to get everybody on the same page as Cousins. Uh, might be worth a shot if you can buy low on Terrell Pryor or Jameson Crowder if the owners in your league are ready to give up on these guys. I like that a lot. This, uh, this would be the week to try it because um, if... <laughs> If they don't do well against San Fran, then you're going to know you don't want them. And if they do do really well, well, their owners aren't about to send them your way. <laughs> do do. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the uh, the nation's capitals Redskins. Uh, I will take Captain Kirk and company as well. There we go. Uh, Chicago at Baltimore uh, tonight. Uh, or, well, next week, Trubisky gets a second test after Minnesota tonight, and we're still waiting to see how he does with this test. Uh, will Howard and Cohen continue to have heavy workloads apiece, or is this going to become a more standard offense, uh, reincorporating the wide receivers? Uh, that seems to be the way that it might be moving, unfortunately, for Cohen owners. Um, is he going to rely on his tight ends? Shaheen gets out there. Uh, we're going to get our first glimpse of this fully tonight. We're still in the first quarter. Hard to really make much of anything just yet. 
Yeah, really, I think you're starting the running backs, and, and that's about it. Uh, you know, Jordan Howard, RB2, just because of the usage, and he does get those goal line carries. And then Tariq Cohen uh, against uh, uh, Baltimore with, you know, a lot of tough matchups in the secondary for the wide receivers. He could see quite a few of those screens and checkdowns as a good PPR flex play. And, you know, like you said, we'll see how Zach Miller gets used tonight. He already got... Uh, you know, one or two targets on those rollout, uh, design rollout type plays. So he could be a, a factor against uh, that Baltimore secondary that's really locking down wide receivers right now. As for the Ravens, uh, Terrence West went down with a calf injury very early in game. I think second play uh, and Buck Allen parlayed that into a very nice day. 21 carries, 73 yards and a touchdown uh, plus four catches for 12 yards. Alex Collins had his share of 12 carries and they're both workable flex options at home versus Chicago. Uh, I prefer Allen of the two. Definitely Uh, Collins, I think, was pulled after a fumble. Uh, The wide receivers were finally incorporated a bit more, uh, but this was a very poor Oakland secondary, as we all know. Uh, Wallace with three catches for 133 yards Macklin six catches on eight targets for 43 yards none of these players are better than flexes really and it's a tough call versus what should be a different looking bears team uh to rank them in the flex right now i have them as buck allen then Macklin, then Collins, and finally Wallace in that order. He had the big game, but as we see that is extremely fluky uh, Macklin is definitely the primary receiver on this team um, I like that order with the exception that I would have it Allen, um, then Collins, and then uh, oh. Macklin. But okay. honestly, um, I, I think this is kind of like Chicago on offense. Their their wide receivers really aren't doing much. Um, Joe Flacco just doesn't look like he's 100% back from that back injury. And uh, you know what? I will I will take an upset. Give me Mitch Apalooza. Give me Mitch Trubisky, number 10 the savior i will take the bears on the road at baltimore oh boy now this may all change after i see the rest of this game tonight but uh i think i'm sticking with another set of birds uh give me the ravens nah i gotta believe <laughs> i believe i've watched the bears uh, every year since 2006 don't doubt mitch there we go mitch the never mind uh cleveland at houston uh the jets game for cleveland was very winnable but Deshaun Kaiser just couldn't help but turn the ball over multiple times, leading to being replaced by Kevin Hogan. Uh, do you really think I'm going to suggest you to start any of these guys against Houston? I didn't think so. Only Duke Johnson, who had even uh, who even had a low volume day himself, but had a three catch, 63 yard touchdown because of a 40 yard scamper. Uh, avoid. I don't know. Um, Houston, uh, they lost J.J. Watt. They lost Whitney Merciless. Certainly this Cleveland offense isn't great, but I I think this does open up some opportunity for them. Um, Kaiser was awful and got benched, but it doesn't really matter who starts at QB because you're not going to start those guys at fantasy. And Crowell got a lot of work, but not much production. However, he is a low-end flex play. Um, against the Houston defense that you know might have to make some adjustments on that line in the in the front in the front seven with those two big big injuries, and then Duke is actually he should be a decent PPR RB two. Um, surprising statistic for you, uh, a lot of people wouldn't think, but he's actually RB eight for the season in PPR. Um, he's kind of become that de facto number one option um, for Cleveland with you know just how poorly their wide receivers are performing and i I think he's he's pretty legit i mean he's always had the talent but he's getting just a ton of targets he's kind of like a Tariq cohen or or an andre ellington where 
you know, by default, they really just have to kind of run the offense through him. So um, I think he's worth a shot. And then Njoku got a touchdown against the Jets, but um, I don't really want any part of the wide receivers or tight ends. But I, I do think Duke will be a pretty decent play in PPR. All right. Uh, for Houston, Deshaun Watson went off. Uh, last week with five touchdowns and while they shouldn't have to score as many points this week he slips into a quarterback one slot for me uh, 31 yards on three rushes on the grounds he had a design runs in the playbook he could have had a rushing touchdown uh, that was called back for a holding call which would have been in the extra you know six plus the yardage uh, Lamar Miller regained the major sharehold of the carries likely due to a fumble by Foreman in this game but Foreman really looks like a tough runner out there putting guys on their butts uh, Miller 15 carries 74 yards plus two catches for 15 foreman just four carries for 34 yards adding one catch for three i think they return to a closer timeshare for this game but i would have miller as a mid to low running back two this week to floorman uh, foreman's flex uh, this team should be able to lean on the run game for the final two quarters here versus cleveland hopkins had another 12 targets converting only four of them for 52 yards and three touchdowns. Definitely not efficient, but the numbers are undeniable here. He's an every week wide receiver one with Deshaun Watson knowing who to get the ball to. Uh, Will Fuller, the fifth, had another two touchdowns this week. Looking great, but is really targeted very few times in this last game. Uh, he's a low-end flex, better in a standard than a PPR. Uh, sort of similar to Deshaun Jackson in that way. That said, I think there's a good chance he sees more targets against defenses that aren't the same level as Kansas Kansas City. Uh, he's a more dynamic player, a better, I think, a better route runner than Deshaun Jackson was uh, in the prime of his career. Uh, I like him. I, I, I think we'll learn in this Cleveland game exactly how they're going to use him. His usage two weeks ago was much different than his usage against Kansas City. I think Will Fuller needs to be added. Uh, like you said, he's a Deshaun Jackson type, but they are going to need to throw more with those uh, weaknesses on defense, with those injuries. And I, I do think that Houston's going to get into some of those higher scoring game scripts. Um, Fuller will be a nice add at wide receiver if you're needing help at that position. And we're seeing that Deshaun Watson is legit and he can actually elevate this offense into uh, an offense that's pretty good. Yes, sir. Um, in that... Uh in that on that note give me houston i agree houston it is all right tampa bay at arizona uh tampa had opportunities to beat new england the new england defense did not beat Jameis winston Jameis winston beat Jameis winston does anyone believe me yet he doesn't know what the word accuracy means again he's very lucky surrounded by so much talent and gigantic targets uh, evans should be just fine but i wouldn't touch just on jackson here or Brait or humphreys in this matchup i think arizona uh, uh forces at least one interception this game doug martin looked really good but again it was against new england i would definitely start him as a running back two here but this week we should learn a, a lot more about what to expect from him week to week a, a little bit better defense in arizona versus new new england that's for sure yeah for sure temper expectations this arizona defensive line is still pretty tough um but Jameis winston he couldn't get it done at home against a soft new england defense and i can't imagine it's going to go very well for him on the road against the cardinals um even though carson wentz tore this cardinals defense a new one winston really as you said hasn't been very accurate and he's just a qb2 that i'd look to avoid in fantasy this week um, I mean, Martin has RB1 upside for the season, but he'll be a low-end RB2, mid-level RB2, um, simply because he is getting those workhorse-type carries and passes out of the backfield. 
And then Mike Evans, uh, I would definitely temper expectations. Uh, he's just a high-end wide receiver, too, for me this week. Patrick Peterson has been shutting down everybody, including guys like Des Bryant. And Mike Evans, I think he still might score. Uh, but really, it's going to be a tough day for him. And I'd fade Deshaun Jackson as well. Um, he's he's a high-risk, high-reward flex play, but more high-risk uh, with Jameis Winston not connecting with him. And also, even though... Uh, the, the Cardinals secondary did give up a long touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. I would not expect that to continue. I think that was a busted coverage that uh, they are going to get yelled at and fixed this week. Yeah, really nice, really nice uh, run out of Aguilar. But I guess, uh, you know, we already talked about him. Uh, Palmer had a 291 touchdown day and was inches from a second uh, second touchdown with J.J. Nelson really needing to learn a lesson about ball protection, fumbling through the end zone. Big time no-no, can't be done at this level. Uh, despite struggles, he continues to produce and will be a decent quarterback, too, again this week. Uh, the way this offense is being run, Andre Ellington is likely the best PPR flex running back available across the board in leagues he had another nine catch 10 targets 65 yard day this week and consistent looks in production otherwise there's nothing good to say about the run game here avoid the other guys the other two johnson and uh Kern williams yeah, excuse me so. uh hmm. larry fitz again led the wide receivers with 10 targets converting six catches for 51 yards he's still my top wide receiver in this offense and an overall wide receiver two this week yeah, I was actually going to say, um, Andre Ellington, much like Duke Johnson, I think he's being very underrated right now. Even though he really did nothing in the first two games when David Johnson was healthy, um, he's getting a ton of targets. He's a legit RB2 right now in PPR. He's he's RB21 on the season despite doing nothing in week one. Um, I, I think he needs to be owned at this point. We're definitely going to talk about him again uh, during the waiver wire segment of our show at the end here. Um, but certainly you're starting Larry Fitzgerald. I think beyond him, the targets are being split pr- pretty evenly. But John Brown had a touchdown and, and was otherwise quiet, but he's been heavily involved and he should be added if he's still out there on waivers. Um, he seems to be the go-to guy after Fitz and should be a weekly flex play. Um, and then I, I think even though J.J. Nelson almost had that touchdown, he and Jerron Brown uh, haven't looked as good with John Brown back and taking those opportunities. And they, they go back to just being kind of desperation wide receiver fours now. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think I, we should reiterate here in case anybody is, hasn't been watching Arizona games. I know there's a lot of games on Sunday, um, but he's getting a lot of these catches because the, the line has, the line play has not been good. Pass rushers have been all over Car- uh, Carson Palmer and he's been dumping the ball off a ton uh, right in Andre Ellington's direction. For me, he's the second best. Pl- uh, he's the second best skill player to pay uh, play on this team. Right after Fitz, I have him above all the other wide receivers. Yeah, and I mean, you just I I don't see them really being able to run the ball at all. So until that changes, uh, you know, this kind of usage for Andre Ellington is going to continue. There we go. Uh, I'll take another bird of prey. Well, I guess they're not birds of prey. I guess they're just birds that sort of sitting trees and look red whatever what do cardinals do nothing i guess they eat bugs uh give me the cardinals thank you for that wonderful lesson in ornithology um I <laughs> no will problem take, i will take arizona as well all right the rams come into jacksonville uh goff had a lot of trouble with a real test from the seattle defense and turned the ball over three times in the loss this is going to be another tough week 
Uh, Watkins was held catchless. Coop, and couple, uh, Cooper Cup was targeted multiple times in the red zone, but converted just three catches for eight uh, for 44 yards on eight targets, zero touchdowns. I think this is going to be another week to avoid Watkins with Cup settling in as a low-end flex. Hopefully, you can convert a few more passes here. But the Jackson defense is super stout. Uh, Gurley was held to 50 yards on 15 touches. He's still a running back one, but the scoring upside is not going to be there this game. Uh, Tavon, Tavon Austin got the touchdown this game. Uh, congratulations if you hit the dartboard on that i did not i doubt you did either no you're not starting Tavon austin this week uh, you're starting Gurley as a low-end rb1 and cooper cup as a low-end flex play and i think that's about it you're avoiding everybody else on this offense right now now the jacksonville defense uh, as we all saw destroyed ben roethlisberger in pittsburgh and they should have some significant success against Goff at home uh, seattle really did well against him i expect them to do the same this is a tough team to play uh and uh, they will get up on you lean on you with Fournette, who is a total stud Fournette had a nice running back two uh day in this uh, will have a nice running back two day in this low scoring offense uh but uh last game he broke in 90 yards whoa Geez, I can't find my words here. Holy good. All right. Thank you. Uh, Fortnite had a nice running back today in the slow scoring offense before breaking a 90 yard touchdown when they were trying to run the clock out. He'll be running back two again with workload upside again versus the Rams. Uh, Bortles threw the ball 14 times, completed only eight passes. They'll do that exact game script every week if, if the game allows. That's exactly what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Leonard Fournette's a clear RB1 right now. He's he's a workhorse. He, I mean, he's just wearing down defenses. Uh, I, I don't I don't expect him to slow down that much, uh, even against Aaron Donald and company. Um, and my, my comments on Jacksonville are going to be pretty much the same week to week. This is a team that wants to grind out wins with Fournette and their defense. And those are the two uh, fantasy plays, uh, the Fournette and the defense. There we go. I had I had trouble picking Jacksonville at first. Then I thought through it, saw what a real defense did to uh, Jared Goff, and I think Jacksonville will win a uh, close game here. Yeah, and is it crazy that Jacksonville's defense might be better than Seattle's right now? No, my, that wouldn't be crazy at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give me Jacksonville also. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Uh, wow. I'm concerned about Pittsburgh. I'm concerned about Ben Roethlisberger. He'll probably improve, but not this week on the road versus the Chiefs defense. As we saw with uh, Ben's terrible day, Brown can still be phenomenal with 10 catches, 157 yards on, on a whopping 19 targets. Uh, Bryant's illness should be better next week. I'd start AB. I'd avoid Bryant, definitely. I'd bench Big Ben. And I'd strongly look at Juju Smith schuster as a bench ad uh, he's getting consistent field time and targets and this team's going to need to keep throwing with the points this team allows uh, schuster's talented and should slot into a starting role should anything happen to uh, brown or bryant um, I, i've liked what i've seen thus far uh, that said not starting him this week of course you're starting Le'Veon bell you don't own a better back than him yeah, you're starting Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown regardless even when Ben Roethlisberger struggled they've been doing just fine um, you know, I said last week I, I didn't even really feel confident about Big Ben at home against that legit Jacksonville defense, and certainly he did not have a good day. Um, 
I actually think this is interesting because there's a chance that he could have a decent day. This Kansas City defense, even though they're playing well, they are giving up a ton of big plays through the air. And this might be the kind of game that Martavis Bryant just gets those random, you know, three catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns kind of day if uh, if the Chiefs have some trouble communicating on defense like they did with those pretty much Hail Marys to, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, I think it was Steven Anderson that caught that other big one last night but mm-hmm. um really and and like you said about juju as well uh, he's worth a shot as a desperation low-end flex or high-end wide receiver four um kansas city has given up some big plays over the middle since they lost eric berry um really a, a core piece of that secondary and juju's been getting more involved as the season has progressed um, and along with Eric Berry, the tight ends have been doing better against Kansas City. Jesse Jamesworth, uh, you know, a decent stream, a mid-level tight end too. Certainly hasn't he hasn't been uh, very active as of late, but we've seen that he can get a multi-touchdown game here and there. Definitely could happen here. Um, they're going to have to score points if uh, last night was any uh, indication. Uh, there isn't a ton to say about the Chiefs. I guess you're probably upset about Sharkandrick West nabbing two touchdowns that could have gone to Kareem Hunt. He's a must-own handcuff for Kareem owners uh, for me since week one. Hunt Hunt is a stud, though. Uh, Smith is a solid stream option here. Reek and Kelsey are good to go if they're healthy. Uh, Kelsey came out, then went in. Then came back out to the con- uh, due to concussion questions. If he can't go, I don't think there's a reflexive tight end ad here, Ross Travis or anything like that. Uh, Kansas City shouldn't have to get too creative here. The defense will shut down Roethlisberger, and the Pittsburgh run defense won't be able to do anything to slow this team down. I don't know. I, I, th- I think this game script is not what people are thinking. I actually think this is going to be a little bit of a shootout between these two teams. Uh, like I said, the Kansas City secondary has really struggled, and um, I think they're going to need to throw to catch up with Pittsburgh as well. And, you know, hopefully Travis Kelsey will be good to go, come back from that concussion. Uh, it sounds like he was doing pretty well after the game. Uh, you're starting Kareem Hunt, and Alex Smith needs to be owned at this point. He's been hashtag elite, and uh, I think you need to play him. And uh, the, the one other thing I will say is for deep, uh, for deeper leagues, um, with Chris Conley out for the year with that Achilles injury, um, I do think that Demarcus Robinson is going to be an interesting ad here. Just, uh, just a guy to keep in the back of your mind. I, I think he's a better fit than Albert Wilson to fill that Chris Conley role. All right. Uh, I will take Kansas City, the Chiefs, uh, again at home. Yeah, again, this is one of those games where I think it, it's a lot closer than people are thinking right now, given how these two teams have performed. But I, I will take the Chiefs as well, continuing that unbeaten streak for now. Steelers lost to the Bears. LA Chargers. <laughs> and I, I want to say Clippers every time I see LA. I, I, I just doesn't get me just yet. LA Chargers at Oakland. Uh, congratulations to the Chargers for coming away with their first win this year. It's really become so fun watching them find creative ways to lose. And despite the Giants having no skill players left, they almost managed to give this one away too. The Oakland defense isn't scary. Uh, this is business as usual for L.A. Rivers, a quarterback, two who will probably have a turnover or two. Gordon's a running back one, adding another two receiving touchdowns this game. Allen's a high-end wide receiver, two high volume. Uh, Williams has become a low-end flex. That's Tyrell Williams. And Gates and Henry continue to be a crapshoot. You know I love Henry. You know I think he's an eventual tight end one. Uh, I just don't know if this is the week just yet. Um, I'd still take a gut shot on him. Uh, this game should also include the long 
long-awaited debut of rookie Mike Williams. It's worth an ad if you're desperate at wide receiver. Who knows? Uh, I don't think he'll be a repeat of Odell uh, Beckham's rookie year, but crazier things certainly have happened. Um, you probably have a, a bench spot worth it, worth the shot on it at least. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think he's uh, an ad for me just because I think even if he were to you know start getting some playing time, one they're gonna work him in slowly. And two, I do think that that's going to be a pretty crowded receiving core, and, and that those targets are just going to be hard to predict week to week other than Keenan Allen, who gets pretty consistent targets out of the slot there. And last week, we both took the Giants uh, in, our, in our picks uh, against the Chargers, but I, I do think that game would have been different had uh, Odell Beckham not been injured late. Uh, but Rivers has had a couple nice games now, and he gets an Oakland defense that's been getting pushed around a lot. He's a decent low on QB1 for me. Um, Melvin Gordon looks like the knee isn't really bothering him anymore, and, and more importantly, as a result, he's getting a heavy workload. Should be a nice low-end RB1 option again this week. Um, and likewise, Keenan Allen gets a good matchup and should be a nice mid-level wide receiver too. And to your point, Hunter Henry saw the most snaps he has uh, to date this season in the past game against the Giants. Um, I, I really think they're starting to phase out Antonio Gates as he's slowing down more and more. Uh, throughout the season and Henry's and high upside tight end too uh, with a little bit of risk but a lot of upside as well and I have in my waiver wire ads as well this week should have been faced out weeks ago he he has every reason to be a dynasty type uh, dynasty top five tight end for the next eight years uh, for Oakland EJ Manuel looked really good in limited time in Denver I guess that's why they call that limited time uh, this week he only completed 50% of passes for 160 yards and a touchdown. He had a nice connection to Crabtree for the touchdown, but this offense is clearly limited without David Carr. Uh, Derek Carr, who will hopefully be back this week. Amari Cooper went just one for two targets for eight yards. Better days are ahead, but you really need to temper expectations. He's looking more like a wide receiver three or less, unfortunately, at this point, especially with EJ Manuel. Uh, Michael Crabtree, six for eight, 82 yards and a touchdown. Lynch should be a solid running back two this week. Uh, there should be no victimization by game flow here. Jared Cook, three catches for 25 yards and a big fumble that led to a touchdown and changed the tempo of this game early. Uh, that's the weekly gamble with him. He likes to put the ball on the ground. It's almost like he gets paid for it. Uh, that said, the line should be able to hang tight with Joey Bosa and company, and they have a very solid offensive day here, I think. Yeah, Cat, Crabtree's a wide receiver too right now, and, and Lynch a low on RB2 and what should be a decent rushing, excuse me, rushing matchup here. Um, but really, the, the problem is Amari Cooper. Um, he hasn't gotten anything going so far this season. Uh, he's a wide receiver four right now. He hasn't he hasn't had more than 33 yards receiving in the last four weeks. And if Derek Carr comes back, then yeah, he gets raised up to a low end flex play, but I can't imagine you're feeling good about starting him right now. He's just not reliable. And, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, I, you can't drop him, right? Cause he, I mean, he's had back to back a thousand yard seasons. And if this Oakland offense gets going, you're going to regret that. But I, I would be benching him right now if you have any kind of better options. Bench, don't drop. People were benching. I know they're totally different players, but people were benching or people were dropping Golden Tate at this point last year, and he ended up as wide receiver seven, just lit up for the whole soul, whole second half of the season. Um, not the same type of producer, but the talent is definitely higher for Amari Cooper than Golden Tate. Yeah, and just a quick game update. Sam Bradford looks rusty right now. Uh, 
<laughs> he's making the Bears defense look really, really good. And uh, again, maybe they are good. And that's why I took them uh, against Baltimore next week. Vic Fangio, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I will take uh, back to the game the Raiders this week at home versus the Chargers, who will find another hilarious way to lose in the fourth quarter. I hope that's the only reason I watched these games. I was very disappointed. Oh, this one's tough for me. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, give me Oakland, but I can yeah, see this going. Come on, way. the Chargers don't win divisional games. Come on. Yeah, I'm just saying I could see this going either way here. What do you think it is? 2005? <laughs> All right. New York Giants at Denver for Sunday night football. Uh, where to start on this Den- on this Giants team? Uh, there was a series of unfortunate events versus the Chargers, and there's really no way to project this team without more information. The Giants may be without Beckham, Shepard, Marshall, and Dwayne Harris. Maybe they'll convince Steve Smith to lace him up this week in a triumphant return. Maybe Ricky Jarrett will come over. I don't know, but somebody will play playing wide receiver. Uh, likely nobody we've ever heard of. We've seen this offense without Ola Beckham. It's ugly. It's one to avoid. The backfield is such a mess at this point as well that I can't even tell you Vereen will be a good PPR play. Dark was taking his receptions and Perkins may be coming back. And I haven't even mentioned that they're playing Denver. This is a legitimate opportunity for a shutout. Yeah, so <laughs> I really liked what you said about that series of unfortunate events. I think that's the best way to describe what happened. Uh, last week um <clears throat> this is gonna be just a bloodbath for the giants at denver um this is a denver defense that's fresh coming off of a bye week and eli manning's not gonna have anybody for this game possibly i, I feel like this is like that one scene in jurassic park where that goat is being slowly lowered into that t-rex enclosure and that's the giants team uh and eli right now this week Um, And I would never say that Eli Manning is the GOAT except in this metaphor. Uh, I I would honestly rather start an empty spot at QB than Eli Manning this week if those are your options. But that said, I do think Gallman could see a ton of work with Orleans Darkwell battling a calf injury. Um, If he's out, it's going to be Gallman and a little bit of rain sprinkled in there. Um, I still don't love him, but a low-end flex or desperation RB4 in PPR, maybe he catches like you know, like six targets for like 13 yards and, and gets you at least like seven or eight points in, in PPR. Um, just so sad seeing Odell Beckham being carted off in tears. It, it really kind of reminds me of when Victor Cruz suffered that patellar injury and, you know, the entire league's going to be less fun to watch with Beckham gone for the rest of this season. We'll see how Brand Marshall and Sterling Shepard progress this week with their respective ankle injuries, but I wouldn't start either of them, even if they are active. Uh, I'm really not starting anybody on this Giants offense unless maybe you're considering Gallman or or Evan Ingram, uh, who might also see a bump in targets. But really, this whole offense is just disintegrating, and he has to face one of the best defenses, if not the best in the NFL. Uh, Ingram's still a desperation tight end, too. At the very least, uh, the Giants should get a chance to find Eli's successor in this uh, upcoming draft. So, so uh, they have that going for him. Uh, for the uh, for the Broncos, the Giants aren't going to score much, and they do have a solid defense. So, I don't have either wide receiver as better than a low end uh, wide receiver two. Uh, the running backs though may have 40 carries total as Denver turns this game out. Give me CJ as a low end running back one after the Chargers put 120 yards on them rushing. Uh, this is a good week to look at Jamal Charles as a running back three or flex 
option, too, for me. Uh, A.J. Derby was a Denver hero last week versus the Raiders, but I'm not expecting much of him here. He's he's really a, he's really a low-end sort of guy. Yeah, um, I, you know, really, Trevor Simeon, he'll be a decent high-end QB, too, but this giant secondary is still all right, so I wouldn't expect a huge day. Uh, he should see some shorter fields, though. I'm expecting this Giants offense to turn the ball over and setting up the Denver uh, offense in, in pretty decent uh, starting field position. And I do have C.J. Anderson as a mid to high end RB2 this week. Uh, the main reason I don't have him as an RB1 like you do, um, just because I think uh, Jamal Charles is seeing a little bit more work and he's looking more like the old Jamal Charles. He'll be a, an upside flex play, might get a touchdown of his own here. Uh, and certainly, I think Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders should both be decent wide receiver twos with an extra week to prep for this game. Uh, the Giants have been giving up a ton of plays to tight ends. So Derby is, you know, a, a streaming tight end too, but definitely needs a touchdown to return value here. Um, in the words of uh, Barstool Big Cat, give me Denver by a million. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, echo that same sentiment. Denver, uh, for your very exciting Monday night football showdown, Indianapolis rumbles into Tennessee. Uh, now, for Indy, if it weren't for Jay Cutler and the Parker injury, uh, Tennessee could have allowed 300-plus yards to Miami. I expect Brissett to have a really nice day here, slotting in his high-end quarterback, too. He's really found his stride with T.Y. Hilton. Seven catches, 177 yards. Uh, Doyle should be back out of concussion protocol and would make a reasonable stream option here, too. I want to see one more game before I can trust Moncrief over Kamari Aiken, but I would only consider starting Moncrief out of the two options. Aiken is not a starter for any team. Uh, Gore should get a similar chunk of work in Tennessee, but he will have more more trouble on the ground against this uh, good run defense. I expect a running back three type of day um, unless they decide to widen the reins on Marlon Mack. I, he doesn't make me afraid for Gore owners just yet, but Marlon Mack and his touchdowns and how he's looked, I, I think that makes Robert Turbin all but completely expendable. Robert Turbin owners, if you've been sitting on him, drop him, get Marlon Mack. This is the time. Uh, latest reports are luck will not be back until November. Yikes. That's a very unlucky team, if you will. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the league was not expecting Jacoby Brissett against Matt Castle when this happened, uh, when the schedule <laughs> was made. Um, but, uh, you know, Brissett was a nice streaming play against uh, San Francisco this past week, but I think his upside is a bit more limited at Tennessee this week, just a mid to high end QB2. Um, but I, I disagree with what you said. I think uh, Frank Gore owner should be worried about Marlon Mack. He really got it going. Um, you know, he's been explosive every time he's touched the ball and he'll be a high end flex play and Frank Gore has been quiet, but he has been consistent with, uh, unexciting production, but getting you those double digit points, uh, he'll still be a flex play too. But, um, you know, I, I really think the changing of the guard is going to happen sooner rather than later. And, and really, especially with Andrew Luck back, I think Marlon Mack's going to be a better play late in the season here. Um, we'll talk about him on our waiver ads section as well. But, uh, you know, Dante Moncrief, he's been quiet, really unstartable. I would not start him this week. He's really more of a desperation wide receiver four, wide receiver five. That's going to have a blow up game at some point. But, you know, good luck predicting when that happens. Probably not until Andrew Luck gets back here. Um, but definitely worth a potential stash for when Luck does return if you have room on the bench. And then we'll see if Jack Doyle can return from his concussion. I think he's worth a high end tight end too. look, given the target volume that he's been getting from Brissett when healthy. 
Now, uh, as for Tennessee, Castle was uninspiring at best at the helm, and the pass rush sacked him six times. Uh, Mariota may be back this game, may not be. Hard to say that thus far. That said, the Indy defense just allowed 350 yards to Brian Hoyer. Uh, they're better against the run against the pass, that's for sure. I'd stick with Walker this week and consider Richard Matthews if you're desperate. Uh, the run game didn't have much effect either. This team just is not the same without Mariota. Um, ho- hopefully he'll be back. Yeah, it sounds like he might miss more time, but he's also listed as questionable. They said this was going to be a two- to four-week injury, and this is the second week, so definitely still on the shorter end of that recovery timetable. But, you know, if he plays, I think uh, you're starting him against Indianapolis, and if he's out, you do not want to be relying on Matt Castle. Um, It was an ugly day on the ground, but DeMarco Murray got you decent flex production and would have been better had it not been for that fumble. Um, he, he's a, an okay flex play and, and Derrick Henry really shouldn't be starting for your fantasy team right now while Murray is healthy, but I still maintain that Henry is worth a bench spot and unless you're really desperate uh, for help during a bye week or something. I, I really do think Derrick Henry has league winning RB1 upside. He's he's made in that same mold as Leonard Fournette and uh, if the Titans actually you know go to him in a workhorse role, I think he's got that RB1 upside. So None of the receivers are startable without Mariota, but as you said, if uh, Rashard Matthews uh, worth a shot um, if Mariota's back, and then same with Delaney Walker. Um, you know, he's he hasn't been great, but I don't know if you have that many better options at tight end right now. Um, if you own Walker, he's a risky uh, high end tight end to play. Assuming Matt Castle plays, I think uh, Jacoby Brissett has a, I, I really think he does have a nice day against this poor Tennessee secondary and uh, Tennessee won't be able to run the football very well. Um, give me Indianapolis on the road. Oh, I'll take Tennessee. All right. Um, that moves us into our weekly bye week teams uh, this week, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Dallas, and Seattle. Of course, for Buffalo, Charles Clay injured. Nick O'Leary filled in nicely. Could be a decent streaming option if Clay misses significant time here. McCoy continues to be the man, but of course, you will have sitting on your bench Tyrod Taylor, LaShawn McCoy, Charles Clay, and the Buffalo defense. Find an ad accordingly. <clears throat> Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Mixon continued to expand his role in this offense. Hill and Bernard continued to tumble into obscurity. Four touches for each of them only. AJ with a very nice day. We hope Eifert heals up soon. Uh, Dallas, no change to the Dallas personnel. Don't go rushing ahead Colt easily. We already know he has potential to be found underneath on scores, which he had two of this week. Uh, Witten remains a week-to-week stream. Not a sure thing here for me. Uh, Seattle, we have a certified timeshare in the backfield between Rawls and, Rawls and Lacey. McKissick it got some passing downs uh, on the buy here. Look for Procise to heal up and even more confusion when he returns. I expect McKissick to leave Precise to take some carries away from Rawls and Lacey and we get back to a three-headed monster that I'm not touching. Yeah, so some streaming options uh, this week at quarterback, tight end, and defense. We got Carson Palmer at home against Tampa Bay. He's 65% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Um, you know, he's at home in that dome, looks uh, in rhythm with John Brown getting healthier and healthier. Uh, Trevor Simeon, too, against the Giants, 29% owned. Um, as we mentioned, he's had two weeks to prep for this game and should see uh, at least a couple short fields from Giants turnovers. And then we got Josh McCown at home against New England, only 4% owned. Look, if you're desperate, there should be plenty of garbage time in this game, and the New England defense has still been giving up a lot of points. Um, at tight end, we've got Kobe Fleener at home against Detroit, 47% owned. 
Uh, the Lions just gave up a huge game to Ed Dixon, and Snead's target percentage is still unknown coming out of this bye. And then finally, if you're desperate, we said AJ Derby against the Giants, 0% owned, but the Giants have been giving up a touchdown to tight ends in pretty much every game, so uh, could be worth a desperation start there. And then at defense, you've got the Atlanta defense against Miami, only 21% owned. Uh, they've had an extra week to rest up and prep against Smoke and Jay Cutler. And then we've got Baltimore against Chicago uh, at home, 62% owned. Um, they've got a great secondary facing a rookie QB who's looked uh, rough around the edges so far tonight. Absolutely. Jay Cutler and the Bears organization hands being the common denominator there. Start defenses against those teams. Uh, as for the injuries, we've already pretty much touched on them, but Marcus Mariota with a hamstring strain, questionable. Derek Carr, transverse process fracture. He should heal up pretty quickly, but may not play this week. Andrew Luck, shoulder surgery recovery. Sounds like he'll return week eight or nine if you want to stash him, if you're still holding tight. I know it's hard to stick with him a whole course of a season. I, I drafted him and put him on an IR. It's, it's tough to hang on to him when you're just seeing him do absolutely nothing but hang tough we're getting you there uh running backs Bilal Powell with that calf probably not back this game neither Matt Forte with turf toe uh Ty Montgomery with the rib fracture questionable for week six with the pain tolerance issue I expect him to come back I, I, I really think he should be able to be in the game this week Wendell Smallwood with knee swelling I expect him back this week as well um as for the wide receivers, Odell Beckham Jr. is done for the season. Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard, questionable week to week. You're not starting anybody against Denver anyways. Uh, Devontae Parker with that ankle sprain, probable for week six. Jordy Nelson with a hamstring. We don't know enough right now, but questionable at this point. Chris Conley with an Achilles injury. You weren't starting him at wide receiver anyways, but this does hurt Alex Smith if you were streaming him. Uh, Julio Jones with a hip flexor strain. Um, before the bye week, he's practicing, and we are optimistic for him to play this week. Mosinu, a hamstring strain, also experienced before the bye week but likely out this week rounding out our tight ends the gronk always on uh, always on the injury list day to day with that thigh injury but i think he'll be just fine travis kelsey in the concussion protocol questionable but a decent chance for him to clear and charles clay mcl sprain out four to six weeks for sure on a bye this week Find a better option. Last week, we uh, we finally said he he ascended into the every every week starter ranks. Just sad to see that happen. Yeah, very sad. But uh, luckily, there is some help uh, out on the waiver wire. So first, we're just going to talk about two QBs. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 89% owned, and Alex Smith, 82% owned. But these are two guys that should be 100% owned. Uh, they're both uh, legit QB1s right now. Uh, playing really good football and uh they they should be owned in every league it's just like come on guys i know the name value isn't there we all love to rip on alex smith but the numbers aren't lying right now yeah similarly should be 100 percent owned doug martin there's no excuse there come on andre ellington in pprs definitely should be 100 percent owned duke johnson also should be 100 percent owned just uh just look at the numbers they 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 really don't lie uh matt breed is only seven percent owned cal shanahan's playing the hot hand he took carries away from carlos hyde carlos hyde's dealing with a hip problem 
put Matt Breed on your team. Uh, Elijah McGuire, 17%. That should definitely be increasing. Whether or not Bilal Powell is playing here, uh, the New England defense is a tasty matchup. Wendell Smallwood, 53% owned. He's the best receiving back in Philadelphia. And we'll split time with uh, with Blunt in this very good offense, filling in that Darren Sproles role. Marlon Mack, only 7% owned. He's had multi- a couple multiple touchdown games. Frank Gore, Age is starting to catch up with him, unfortunately, uh, and and Turbin is not the answer here. Marlon Mack just may be. Dante Foreman only twenty two percent, which is a little surprising given the given how he's done the past couple weeks. The Houston offense legit with Watson. Lamar Miller is not a workhorse back. He never was during his time in Miami. Um, coaches have known this. Uh, it's taken the fantasy community a while to figure this out. Foreman should be owned. Uh, Jamal Charles thirty five percent owned, looking like the old Jamal Charles, and not in a bad way. Uh, C.J. Anderson has been injury prone. He is thirty five percent owned, and as we said, a decent flex option this week. Aaron Jones, 57% owned. I don't see any way that that lasts. Own him, especially if you're Montgomery owner. He may have flex appeal. He has definite handcuff appeal. Uh, Montgomery will be back sooner than later. Um, yeah, that's that's all you got for me for him. Uh, Wayne Gallman, 39% owned with Orleans Darkwa battling a calf injury. Gallman could be somewhat of a workhorse and a flex value. Very low priority ad for me with the entire Giants offense hurt and struggling. Going to be without OBJ for the entire season. Yeah, and then at wide receiver, we've got John Brown, 37% owned. Uh, he's been playing more and more, 100% back from that quad injury. Uh, he's been an explosive wide receiver when healthy. It's just a matter of how many games is he going to play. Um, we mentioned Dante Moncrief. He's owned in 50% of leagues right now. You can't start him, but he's had a lot of opportunity, and um, he'll be one of those go-to red zone guys when Andrew Luck returns. Uh, Willie Sneed, 75% owned. Uh, he had the bye week to heal up and get on the same page with Drew Brees. And I always want a piece of Drew Brees' offense, especially when he showed trust in Sneed last year. Will Fuller, 74% owned. But like we said, Houston is going to need to throw more with those defensive injuries. And Fuller's going to be a boom or bust wide receiver three, much like Deshaun Jackson has been for a lot of his career. With the tight ends, Austin Safarian Jenkins, 28% owned. We told you to grab him last week. He's quickly becoming the top option for McCown, especially in the red zone with all these injuries. He may end up creeping into uh, every week's starter sort of ranks if this sort of usage continues. Uh, Jack Doyle, 47% owned, again with Andrew Luck's impending return, one of Luck's favorite red zone targets. He's looked pretty darn good with Jacoby Brissett as well. Hunter Henry, 71% owned, clearly taking over as Gates declines during the season. He can be a young J. Jason Witten. Um, as for uh, kickers, I think it's worth mentioning one kicker here. Harrison Butker is only 10% owned. Kyra Santos was a top 10 preseason kicker before he went on IR, and clearly Butker is tied to a very good offense and is incredibly accurate. He could be 2017's Justin Tucker. I think we all like to see the kicker as a set it, forget it, grab one, don't even think about it later sort of thing, but set and forget a superior option. Don't sit here when the top, when one of the top offenses kickers is just sitting in your free agent agency and, and don't do anything about it come on yeah i wish i would have mentioned him more last week uh, i've actually picked him up in a couple leagues uh, two weeks ago when the santos injury was announced and they they you know uh, made a claim for but butker so um also he's if you were wondering he's got a great twitter name his uh, twitter name is buttkicker 87 <laughs> that's good i like it 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, there's a ton of running backs out on the waiver wire. Um, just to reiterate, I, I know we mentioned a lot of these guys, but Doug Martin's the clear, clear ad if he's somehow out there in 12% of leagues. Um, but uh, the other two guys, really, uh, the priority for me this week is Andre Ellington and Duke Johnson. Uh, Ellington, uh, as you said, 56% owned and Johnson 79% owned. But if they're out there, um, they're legit RB2s with RB1 upside and PPR just because of the target share that they're commanding from their respective teams, um, both of which can't really get much going on the ground and whose receivers are struggling. So these guys are really, you know, the number one running back and the number one wide receiver on that on their teams. And um, the PPR numbers have been spectacular, even though their names aren't very exciting. You got to go get them. You want to win? Get them. Yeah, so we are, yeah, we're through five weeks of the season. Hopefully uh, you're, you're doing all right in your leagues, but um, if not, you know, stay stay vigilant. Uh, it's still relatively early. We're not even halfway through the season, and uh, there's a lot of football left to be played. I've started 0-6 and made the playoffs. And not, not a brag, I'm just saying you guys need to keep working. Work that waiver wire. Anything can happen. Yeah. And uh, as always, if you have more specific league uh, questions or team roster questions, whether it's waiver wire ads or sit and start, um, you can find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. I'm at FFA underscore Los, L-O-S. You can find and thank our super producer, Dan, at FFA underscore Dan, D-A-N. Um, and then, of course, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already in the iTunes store. We're also available on SoundCloud, SoundCloud and in the Google Play store as well. Yep, and as always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.